This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. I wanna, I wanna share something today. This erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parshas Vayeshev, erev Shabbos and erev erev Chanukah, exciting times, Menachem. I wanna share something with the Chevra. Four words, four words that if a person allows it could change his life. I want you to walk out this erev Shabbos Kodesh with these four words seared, engraved in your essence. Engraved on our essence, and if we do it, perhaps it could be life-changing. Listen as follows. Yosef HaTzadik is sent by his father, is sent by his father to go see how his brothers are doing. Yaakov Avinu says to Yosef HaTzadik, Please go, and go see how your brothers are doing. And how the sheep, they're out there, they are shepherds. And see how the sheep are doing. And report back to me. Yosef goes on the mission for his dad to see how his brothers are doing. I never understood, and I'm not asking, I'm not like attacking Yaakov Avinu. Everything's Emma. Yaakov Avinu is exactly right. I don't know why Yaakov sent Yosef. It's like mind-boggling to me. He knows by Yekanu by Achiv. His brothers are jealous. And Yaakov Avinu knows. He knows the brothers are having trouble with Yosef. <laughs> Every year, Yaakov sends Yosef. I cringe. Ooh, maybe send somebody else for this job. <laughs> The brothers don't like Yosef. The brothers, the tzaddikim, they're huge tzaddikim. There's some profound machlaikas. And the brothers, they're jealous of him. And the father, Yaakov, who knows this, he knows it. Yet somehow, I don't know pshat, I'm asking the kasha, but I'm... There's reasons. Yaakov Avinu, every year when he sends Yosef on the job, like maybe this year, don't send Yosef. But okay, send Yosef again this year, Yosef. It's your name. He sent Yosef again, Yosef. Now listen to this story. But then, Baruch Hashem, Yosef at Sadiq's lost. He's lost, Baruch Hashem. This year he might not get to the brothers. Vayim Tzoeyu Ish. And a man finds Yosef HaTzadik, he's lost. He thankfully can't find his brothers. Shoo! A historic tragedy might be averted this year, David. You're hopeful? He can't find them. He'll go back home. We might have heard a star tra- tragedy. It didn't end well when he finds them. He gets old, Egypt, and <laughs> it doesn't end well for our people. Ish, a man finds Yosef in He's lost. Ish, this kind-hearted gentleman, asks Yosef, what are you looking for? Every year, this Johnny Do Good gets me so frustrated. Who is this guy? <laughs> You know, it reminds me of a story. I'll tell you a story. There's a hunt, this is a, I'm telling you the story, detail by detail, as, as it happened. My parents had a van. My father had a van that didn't need keys to start it. You just went to the ignition. It was broken. And you just turned the ignition, and it went on. It was broken. I'm not, I'm not kidding. And you just turned it, and it went on. 
And my father, that was the van my father had, and that was the shtickle funny defect it had. You just turned the ignition and it went on. No key necessary. The bottom line is, is that my father, this van was stolen. It was a wonderful van my father used, and it was stolen. And for a few weeks, we didn't have the van. A few, because it was stolen, it was lost. The guy, I don't know how the guy knew. How, the guy thought he just jump-started, didn't need keys, so it was a little easy to steal. I don't think the guy knew it, but it was stolen. The bottom line is, for a few weeks, my parents had, didn't have their van. They had to use their other car. My father's van stolen. Somebody reports to my father that they've, a few people report that my father's van is around town. What happened? Did anybody here ever hear of a Freedom Van service? What people do, it's illegal. New York, their bus stations, and the bus charges, let's say, $5, whatever they charge on the bus route. What some people do is they'll take a van, it's totally illegal, they'll go to the bus stop and undercharge the bus by a dollar. So people go on to these vans, they're called freedom vans, and they'll charge less, they'll do the exact bus route, stealing all the bus companies' business, in the legal business, and they'll make money. People told my father, people knew my father's van was stolen. They, or maybe even some people asked my father, do you like sell it? Your van is now a freedom van. They told my father that your van's a freedom man. The bottom line is, is my parents decided to check it out. My father drove his car and he, and he sees his van picking people up. He chases the guy down, my father. He calls the cop. He sees where they are. He calls the cops. And they proceed to arrest this fellow who stole the van, was sleeping in the van. He had all his stuff in the van. He was sleeping in the van. And by day, he would use the van and make money. So it was his house. It was his job because he used it as a freedom. So the guy made money, had a place to sleep. And he drove the, and he was driving my father's van, doing such chesed, picking people up at the, and charging less. The bottom line is, is the police arrested the guy. Then somehow the police told my parents that this tons, all his stuff is in the car. Like it, it goes to you. Like you could take it. It's in your car. There are pillows and covers. Now my parents did not want his pillows and covers and his, got, his, his pajamas and any other items that he had in there. So my parents said to the police, just get rid of it. We don't want it. And the police threw everything out. The police, they, I don't, why they don't return it to him, I don't know the dynamic, but they threw everything out. The bottom line is, a little while later, the guy sat, he sat 30 days, whatever they gave him, and a little while later, we get a knock at the door, I'm home, it's me, my mother, and my younger brother are home, knock at the door, and it's the guy who stole our van, is in, knocks at the door. My mother says to me, Daniel, run, get ready to call 911. I sat in my father's study. My mother's talking. We have steps from the upstairs. And my, then there's the entranceway. My mother's talking to this guy. And the guy says to my mom, do you know where my stuff is? I just want my stuff back. So I am in the study with the, with my, my, the phone. Nobody has cell phones there. My phone in my hand, ready to, to dial 911 quickly in case, in case like anything goes awry here. So I have the phone in my hand, ready to dial 911. And my mother is talking to this guy by the door. And he's saying, can I have my stuff? My mom's like, I don't know what stuff. Where's your stuff? My brother's a little kid at the time. He's about six or seven, a year or two older than Yisrael Mayer. 
he runs down from upstairs to save the day. He always, when I read these psukim, I always visualize my brother. Yaisim HaTzadik's lost. And we need him not to find his brothers. Because <laughs> it didn't end well. It changed our history. That he... And this do-gooder like, tells Yosef, what are you looking for? Every year it's like, oh, no. <laughs> My little brother runs down the steps screaming, I know where his stuff is. He's going to say, like, he heard that they threw it out. He's going to say, I know where. I drop the phone and just sprint for the steps to all out tackle my brother. Just to like pull him away, whisk him away. He shouldn't save the day. In this case, I succeeded. And my brother did not inform the guy. You know, he did not end up telling the guy where it is. Like, oh, you know, he's just... So Baruch Hashem, it ended well. In the case of the Torah, nobody gave a flying tackle to this one wonderful person. I know where your brothers are. I know where they are. I always think of my little brother who knew where the stuff is, was saving the day. They were about equal heroes. In this case, my brother's at Sadiq. It's a malach for sure. But in this instant, they were about equal heroes. I know where I know where they are. So the man says to Yosef Atzadik, "By him ish, a man finds Yosef Atzadik. V'hine isaya b'derech Yosef is lost. By Yishaleyu ish, and the man asks, Lamer Matavach. This is unusual. Yosef Atzadik doesn't ask the man." I'm lost, can you help me find? He's just lost. And a man goes to him and says, I know where your brother is. And what do you want? So Yosemite Sadiq says, I am seeking out my brothers. Could you tell me where they're shepherding? I'm looking for my brothers. Could you tell me where they're shepherding? I want to find my brothers. And this man says to Yosef HaTzadik, travel from here. I heard them saying, we're going to Dyson. And Yosef finds his brothers. The man saves the day. Four words I want you to hear. If only Yosef HaTzadik doesn't find his brothers, disasters averted. But Ashkoches Hashem, he finds his brothers. We are used to when thing ends the way, when things go the way we want it to go, so we always say, Ashkoche, Hashem runs the world. You see in tragedy and difficulty, Hashem runs the world also. Chazal, the Gemara says the following words, Ragloi de'inish, the feet of a person, inun arvinle, they are an ari, they are a cosine. Ba'atar dematbinan, in the city that Hashem wants him to be, inun moivilunle, his feet bring him. Our feet bring us where Hashem wants us to be. And guys, Rabbi Yisai, the lesson here. And these are the words, the four words of the Ramban I want everybody to remember. Everybody get these four words in your bones. I'm going to explain them. Please say after me. Hagzera Emes. Hagzera Emes. Hacharitzos Sheker. Hacharitzos Sheker. I need you, just Maish Gross. Hagzera Emes. Hacharitzos Sheker. I see you're not saying it with passion, so I'm going to explain it, then we're going to say it again. Because why would you say it passionately if we're not sure what it means? What that means, Hagzeira Emes, 
What Hashem wants to happen is true. Hagzera, that which Hashem decreed is truth. Charitzus is the efforts of man. All the extreme efforts of man to change the sitch. Sheker, that's a lie. Hagzera, what Hashem wants, emes, that's the truth. That's what will be forever. Hacharitzus, all the efforts of man, sheker, is a lie. Yosef HaTzadik is sent to, to go on a message, an ill-fated mission, to go give his, to check on the status of his brothers. Thankfully, he can't find them. The situation might end good this year. And then a man comes and he finds Yosef. He says, you lost. Everything okay? So no, I can't find my brothers. It's okay. I know where they are. Go to Dyson. And he goes to Dyson, finds them. It doesn't end good. They end up throwing him in a pit, selling him to Egypt. It doesn't end good. It changed our entire history. It's like, shucks! He only didn't want to... F- Hashem wants it to happen. That's what's going to be. We're used to saying when things go our way, it's such ashkachas Hashem. I want to tell you a story. I want to tell you a story. Please listen. And then Maish Gross is going to say the Ramban, those four life-changing words. I have used those words in my life. There are different times, Maish, you feel frustrated. It happened a certain thing. I say to myself, Kalish, Hagzera Emes Hacharitzus Sheker. Now listen to this. A few years back, I decided that I needed to make a camp for the Waterbury guys. We needed another camp. We have lost camp that has been off the charts. 30 guys a year go there and successfully grow closer to Hashem, gain from it. 30, for years now, guys come back, Mamish having grown tremendously for years now. That's 30 guys. I felt we needed another place. There's still, there are 200 Bachamir, there's still a lot of people who the summers were a difficult challenge and I felt badly that I need to run a place. My wife and I, Baruch Hashem, don't make a penny from running the camp. We lose money. We give money to the camp. We do not make a penny. I want to run this camp. I, I, I'm Zoich. I have a Parnassah during the year. Chazdei Hashem. I want to run a camp. At, where Brownstein's all volunteer work. Volunteer. He pays to work. And I pay, we both pay to work. And we want to run a camp for the guys in the summer. And I needed a place to run it. <clears throat> and my wife and I were calling it. It's very difficult. You'd be shocked how hard it is to find a campus. You'll be shocked. It, you th- I thought when I started out, I'll get a campus. What's the problem? You'd be shocked how hard it is. You can't imagine how hard it is to find a campus. And then the nuances of running a camp are extreme. You can ask the Kiva ones. It's a fascinating discussion, what it takes to run things, how to make it work. It's a whole question conversation for itself, but a campus is very difficult to find, Maisha. We finally find a campus somewhere that we really think has really good potential, and it sounds like this might be our campus. So my wife and I get in the car, we drove, I, we drove, it was a couple of hours away, and we drive, we're going to see this campus that we really think has potential to be a campus for our camp that we're going to run, that we were going to start four years ago. We drive to the campus. And on the block of the campus, on the block of the campus, let's see, this is Durham Trivia 101. Who knows here, Rabbi Say, what the name of the company down the block is a company that does some tar stuff. God knows what they make. What's the name of the company? You win the prize. 
I only have like three dollars in it. <laughs> He's getting you back from yesterday. Pass this to Ezzy Goldberg. Nah, there's three dollars. Nah, nah, yeah. Pass it and pass it. It's called Tilcom. We all pass it many times daily. Tilcom. And there's a Tilcom company right here. My wife and I pull up. You can't make this up, Rabbi Kiva. We pull up to this campsite on the block of the campsite. I didn't measure the feet. On the block is a Tilcom, the exact company that's right near Durham. It was the first year we had just moved to Durham. We have a Tilcom right here. I'm looking for a campus for a camp. On the block, like if you probably measure, it's probably the same distance away to the foot. I'm exaggerating. It was right down. The block is a Tilcom. I'm driving my wife and I see Tilcom. I'm like, Rachel, this is nuts. And of course, right next to Tilcom is a train station. I think they make them near train stations because the train over there, they use it to deliver the stuff. So there's a Tilcom with a train. I'm like, Rachel. <laughs> I'm like, so far, we just found our campus. I'm, this is like, this is not much, this is nuts. God like winked. I gave Hashem a kiss back. He mamish gave a wink, a hug, and a kiss. Hashem, I received it. And Kefaldig, and I pull in to see our campus. I was like floated. At that point, it was like a two and a half hour drive to get there. It was just a little overwhelming. We've been looking for a campus for months, and Hashem kissed me. And I float into the campus to see an absolute mess of a place wow. that had no shaykhs to us, not even close, not Nagea Legamri. What they tell you, the pictures you saw, like not Nagea, there were like many reasons it was not even close to a matzah for us, like nothing. It didn't have any, not one thing that we needed, it wasn't Nagea. And you know what I told my wife? That often you see Ashkoch, Tilkan, this, that. You say it must be the Ashkoch is that this is for me. When it's not for you, it's also Hashem there. When it's not for you and you see something specific, Hashem's on me and Hashem was saying no. And by the way, we found a much better place with a cook, with a place. We met Rev Teitelbaum. Hashem was arranging and he was saying, I'm around, I'm watching. He's Tilkam, it's something. I'm watching you, I'm with you. And the Ashkoch was exact, Ashkoch that shouldn't work. We tend to only see Ashkachas Hashem in the areas that go the way we want it to be. When we see why it's so good, we see Ashkacha. It's important for us to know that Hashem runs the world. In Yosef finding his brothers, which was an ill-fated mission, that we seemingly want, quote-unquote, not to happen, there's also tremendous Ashkachas Hashem. People like, and I'm not, I'm not trying, people say amazing stories of people who didn't get to the Twin Towers. They're miracle stories of people who got to the Twin Towers, by the way. You know what I'm saying? People say amazing miracles of the guy who didn't get to the Twin Towers. Do you know they're miracles? There were thousands of people. My good friend Mark Rosenberg was in the Twin Towers and was nifter. My childhood friend was in the Twin Towers. All the miracles of the guy who didn't make it, the miracles of guys who were there. Because Hashem wanted a person, what Hashem wants, that's what happens. Now it's hard for us, and certainly I'm not, we say over the stories of the miracles that went our way, and of course, and we need to relate those stories, because we need to understand Hashem loves us, and the other stuff we don't understand. But Akzeira Emes, 
What Hashem wants to happen is true and will happen. Hacharitzus and all of man's efforts to fight that which should be sheker is a lie. Hagzera emes charitzus sheker. Maish now with conviction. Hagzera emes charitzus sheker. I see much more conviction. You hear? What Hashem wants to happen. Does that mean man shouldn't make efforts? He should. But it also means we have to understand Hashem runs the world. He wants us to invest this. He wants us to invest and do as much as we can. Always understanding. You know how many things in our lives we say to ourselves, if only we could have, we should have. Maybe, all the maybes, all the angst and anxiety that we could save by knowing Agzeira Emes Charitza Sheker. Try our best, do all our best efforts, and then let Hashem run His world. And that's a, those are the four words, Yosef, that Yosef. Michal, those are the four words I wanted to share with whoever. Agzeira Emes. Submission to Ratzon Hashem. In this story of Yosef these words are powerful. That was the first lesson I wanted to share this Erev Shabbos Kodesh. I want to share another thing from later in Parshas Vayeshev on this Erev Shabbos. And all the way at the end of the Parsha. Yosef HaTzadik, Rabbi Yisai. Yosef HaTzadik is sitting in jail. Yosef HaTzadik is the prototype. Yosef HaTzadik is the lessons to all of us. I can't fathom an age more than, than our day and age to be inspired by Yosef HaTzadik. I always wanted a child with the name Yosef. I don't have one with the name Yosef, different Ashkachas. But I always wanted, because the altar of Nevardik, whose yard site is this week, his name was Yosef. So I always wanted, instead I have best friends. I have two very close friends sitting right here. His name's Yosef. And I have an affinity to both of them. I always love the name Yosef. And the altar of Nevardik, who I love is safe in Madrega Sodom, and his great-grandson changed my life. So I have an affinity, the name Yosef. The altar's name was Yosef Yosef. His yard site is Yud Zayin Kislev. And the altar of Nevardik, he, the Alter of Nevardik, who was a tremendous, tremendous idealist, really a great idealist, he, um, his name was Yosef. And Yosef HaTzadik is the lesson, Maish, is the inspiration to us all. A 17-year-old person who has desires. The Gemara teaches us that he had a big Yetzirah. Yosef HaTzadik. He had a huge, it says, Yosef is Mechayev Esarashem. He obligates wicked people. He had a big Yetzirah. He's in a country that's depraved, that is full of znos, Malay Zima. He's in a country which adores him. The entire country falls in love with the man. Yosef is blessed with chen, with charm, and the entire country of Mitzrayim is into Yosef HaTzadik. And they are vying for his attention People would throw gifts at him, specifically girls, would throw things at him to try to get bracelets, jewelry, all different ornaments to try to get Yosef HaTzadik's attention. And this person stayed pure, stayed sincere, stayed an authentic Ben Avram, an authentic descent of Avram. And as such, to us, he's the prototype of the Gullus Jew. 
He's the prototype of the Yid surrounded by challenges who stays pure, stays sincere. He's a lesson to us all. Tonight at Davening, I'm going to talk about Yosef HaTzadik's trick, but that we're going to wait till between Kabbalah, Shabbos, and Mayrev to talk about Yosef HaTzadik's, what was his secret? How did he hold out so strong? That I'm going to tell you something tonight that I think is a life-changing thing. Somebody t- who listens to the Shiurim of the Yeshiva told me of all the things we- that we've learned together, this has had the biggest impact on his life. The person told me he listened to this year 100 times. Whoa. That he listened 100 times because this of any shear that we've studied, in fact, so that we'll learn together tonight. But see after the Shmaya. What I want to learn today, Rabbi Say, is that Yosef HaTzadik is sitting in jail. He's sitting in jail. Now, this is totally an aside. It's not what I want to talk about. Yosef HaTzadik's boss does not believe that he did a crime. Anybody who learns Chumash knows he does not buy it. Listen, I'm going to read the story, but I'm going to get to the point. Yosef HaTzadik, let's read the story. By Tisa Eisha Sadoinim Seinel Yosef, Yosef at Sadik's boss, his wife, desires Yosef. Vatoyma Shech veimi, she says, "Come live with me." Vayimoin, in that Shalshelas, he refuses. Vayoymerel Eisha Sadoinov, and Yosef says to his master's wife, "Hey, Nadoini loyoda iti ma babayis, b'chol asher yesh loynasam biyadi." My master, trust me, he gave me everything here. Nobody's more important in his entire estate. He's not held anything back from me. The only thing that's untouchable is you. World. No, we're a world. used to do that. People thought it was real. Rabbi say. Yo, Ben, I heard, I heard you're being lost camp today. Shut up. Yo, I heard you're real. Ezzy, Yash, let's go, let's go. Rabbi say. Yeah, I'm looking for him. 1 p.m. You want to say back? Rabbi say. <clears throat> so Yosef Sadik says to his master's wife, "It can't be. I betray the master." How can I do this evil? And besides, it's a sin for God. Every day she would speak to Yosef Sadik. The Medrash says she would seduce him daily with a new outfit. She'd put on a new dress and a different way of trying to get Yosef HaTzadik. He would not give in. And there was one day, and he came to the house. Sounds like there was no yichud, because normally there were other people there. And then that particular day, nobody else was home. 
And she grabs Yosef. To say your normal pleas to him. Do an Avera. He leaves his garments in her hand. And he runs. And he runs out of the house. When she sees that Yosef HaTzadik runs out and she has his garments, she as well runs outside. She has a predicament now because Yosef is outside without his garments. So clearly it's going to draw attention and either she goes down or he goes down. And she calls to the people of the house. She says to them, This Jewish youth, He came to do an Aver with me, she lied. The When I screamed out, and when he saw me scream, he ran out without his clothing. And the clothing was left by her until, until the Adon came home. And she told, She tells Yosef HaTzadik's boss, Lamar, This Jewish Eve didn't have with me. And when I screamed, he ran out. Now listen to this. Do you think her husband believed her? No. When he heard the words of his wife, I shall divre love that she spoke, Lamar saying these words, he was angry. That is a very lengthy way of saying the man was livid. What does it say he was angry what Yosef did? No. Not what Hashem said. He was angry and when he heard the master, the words of his wife that she spoke, saying so happened, then he's angry. A lot brief is he was mad at what Yosef oh, wow. did. Any intelligent person reads wow. these psukim and the Barry Yosef writes this, wow. understands that he did not believe that Yosef did that error. <laughs> and he says, <laughs> He puts him in jail. He even made him in charge. <laughs> he doesn't slaughter him and shoot him dead with a shotgun. He has a predicament when he heard what his wife's saying, he gets the sitch, and he puts him the base hasayer. So Yosef HaTzadik now is inserted into jail. He's in jail. And being in jail, he is in, not, not only, his gullus just got heavier and worse. Beforehand, he's alone in a country, a depraved country, away from his family, away from his messiah. Now life just got work. He's not just in Mitzrayim, he's in jail in Egypt. It's like Golos Mitoich Golos. The Golos just got deeper. The pit just got deeper. And in the middle of this Matzev, Rabbi say, there are two people in jail, a Sarah Mashkim and a Sarah Oifim. And Yosef HaTzadik says to them, Yosef HaTzadik says to them, Madua Pnechem Roem Hayoim. Why do you look sad today? I'm always amazed by those four words. <laughs> At the height of, his, of what he's going through, alone in jail, you don't tend to notice how others' faces look a little sadder. I assure you, in jail, nobody's chipper down there. Nobody's like... But obviously that day, they look sadder than they usually looked. And in the height of his gullus, 
When he just got thrown in jail, things are bad, he sees two human beings and he says, why do you look sad? Why do you look sad? This moment was a huge moment of the Yeshua, of the salvation of Yosef HaTzadik. It was a huge moment of the salvation of Yosef HaTzadik. Yosef HaTzadik is a he, he interprets their dreams, we know, because he interprets their dream. Later on, they go to Paroi. Paroi has a dream, and the Sarah Mashkim says to Paroi that I know a guy who interprets dreams. But in the midst of Yosef Atzadik's profound gullus, the start of his salvation is he says to another human being, Why do you look sad today? And Yosef HaTzadik is our path. The Yid, ameshed in Golos. The Yid, surrounded by desires. We follow Yosef HaTzadik. What is the path out of Golos? Golos, there's Hester Panim. You don't see Hashem. How do you come to see Hashem? I ask this question to all of you. I want every guy who ever learned in Yeshiva Waterbury to know the answer to the question. Where is Hashem? Where is Hashem? And I want you to hear the answer, Tzvi. I once was called in to Rav Aaron Feldman, who was a great thinker, the great Rosh Hashiv of Ner Yisrael. And a few Menalim, we were called in that we were at a convention. And he asked, nothing to do with the schedule. He said, the convention, enjoy. If I can have all the Menalim come to my apartment. He asked us to come somewhere in the hotel. I need to speak to you. It wasn't the prepared speech. It wasn't on the schedule, the convention. The, the Rashiva of Ner Yisrael wants to talk to us. He gathers us, and so says he. He says that all of us, of course, he came with sources in the Torah, but I want to, for brevity's sake, just tell you what he told us, Azariah. He said that a human being is born in a cocoon of mirrors. Please turn around for a second and see the cocoon. Aren't they beautiful? Three caterpillars have died in a cocoon in the back of the base medrash. Died. They look like it's all over. It looks like it's done. They're all three just hardened, a mush dying in there. Stay tuned in a few days, my friends. But he said, we are all born in a cocoon of mirrors. We are surrounded by mirrors, which means when we're young, all we see is ourselves. All we see is ourselves. That's all. We're surrounded in a cocoon of mirrors. We just see ourselves. He said to the, these menalim, these people who run schools, I beg you, teach people to see another person, to think outside of themselves, to notice another person. Until a person breaks out of the cocoon, they can't walk with Hashem. He said they could be from, they just can't walk with Hashem. You can't walk with God if you're selfish, if you're just about yourself. If you're so self-absorbed that all you could see is your base needs and wants and desires, you can't notice there are other people with other desires, with other needs, if you can't see past your nose, then you can't walk with God. And he begged Menalem, I beg you train people to think about the next person. That's what he begged us. And he said, then somebody can walk with Hashem. Where is Hashem? Wherever you make room in your heart for another person. Yosef Emesh Ten Golos. Spitz, Golos Shebe Golos, if you will. 
He's in Mitzrayim and then he's in jail in Mitzrayim as he. He's in like the, the most profound Golis. Golis and Golis. And what is the path back to the Yeshua? What's the turning point of his story chucked in jail? What turns it around? If we were writing, you know, when you write a story, anybody writing a story, there's the difficult plot. They write movies. There's the plot gets bad, and then there's the, the music gets happy, and things start turning for the tov. The turning point in our story with Yosef HaTzadik. Deep in jail, in Golos of Golos. What's the turning point? When he says to two human beings, Why do you look sad? Amidst your own difficulties, your own challenges, to break free and say to two human beings, Why do you look sad? And from there comes the Yeshua, the return. The return, the Yeshua comes from there. <laughs> the getting out of jail the becoming the leader in Mitzrayim, setting things up for the Jewish people. Nothing's a coincidence. The turning point of the Yeshua, the salvation, is a person comes out of himself. Where is Hashem? Wherever you make room for another human being. Wherever you're not selfish, wherever you can see somebody else. Amidst your own pain and suffering, it's very difficult to see. Hey, why do you look sad? You ever had a canker sore and you're in a lot of pain? Some other pain? It's very hard to see somebody else's challenges when you're having that. You're home, you're worried, you're deeply in your own thing, and somebody else. I can't, even, I can't look at you, let alone to notice. And Yaisav Atzadik says to two human beings in the midst of his gullus of gullus, and he says, why do you look sad? I'm concerned for you, why do you look sad? Can I help? Can I assist? Can I change your state? Where is Hashem Wherever you make room for another human being. There he is. Where is Hashem Yerucham? Yeah. Yes. Yes. There and only there he is. Yes. I always... I always... Get excited. Hanukkah is upon us. We're Erev Shabbos, Erev Hanukkah. And I always get excited. Hanukkah is a time, there's so many lessons. Lahaydis, to thank Hashem. And an Azman of idealism. A family stands up. Matasyo and his family stands up for Kiddush Shemayim. They stand up for the dignity of Hashem. A selfish person saves himself. A selfish person can't be an idealist, can't rise, can't worry about Kvayt Shemayim. He's too absorbed in self. If you can't see another person, if you can't come out of yourself to see another perspective, you can't come out of yourself to worry about Kvayt Shemayim. You are too self-absorbed. We are too self-absorbed to worry about Kvayt Shemayim. I want to say, Tzvi, in that meeting of Matisio, when he met with his chevra, what did they say to each other? We're attacking the, 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 the vulnerable, a war we can't win. We could do it. We could, no, we can't do it. Uh-huh. He looked at each other and he said, we are not being silent when Kiddush Shemayim is being attacked like this. When somebody attacks a person's mother, he doesn't say, could I fight the guy? Can I not? No, I'm just not, I'm not being quiet when you're saying things like that. I'm not even, it's not a question if I could win or can't win. 
Matasyahu didn't care. It wasn't the discussion, could we or can't we win? It's a discussion of idealism, of Kiddush Shamayim. Hashem's name is being disgraced. They're saying nobody can be loyalist to Hashem. We won't sit by when that happens. But to be an idealist, to stand up and care about Kfayd Shemayim, a person who's self-absorbed can't be an idealist. He's just about himself. He can't stand up for causes outside of himself. And Rav Aaron Feldman begged us to train ourselves and each other to think about the next person, not to be self-absorbed. To come out of ourselves, think about the next person. Come out of ourselves. Think for the next person. I was thinking this morning, I went with Yo-Yo. Yo-Yo Rothwax drove from here to, to the, to the rental place that's 23 minutes from here. We met there, and then together we drove here. And a lot was going on this morning. I was getting kids out. One of my children is sick. My wife's in Lakewood at a simcha. A lot was going on this morning. And we're doing for guys. And I was thinking to myself yesterday... I'm thinking yesterday a guy sat in the van, a little kvetchy, going to a game. Rebbe, it's cold in here. What's, it's a little squishy in here. <clears throat> How many things are going on for this guy? This guy was sleeping and we were driving places. A lot is going on. Think out of yourself, my friends. Think about the next person. It felt good. that we, I was thinking about all the guys in the van when we were driving today. Today, after the game, and people are still moving for that young bacher who's lying there, people are moving and doing for him. Think about the next person. Think about the next person. Was that guy in bed wondering, hey, I got driven somewhere in a truck. Who's returning the truck? Hey, when are they returning? He was lying in bed and people were coming and moving for him. Come out of yourself. Think about the next person. Worry about the next person. I laugh when guys run to a van, say, but, but, but shotgun, shotgun, shotgun. Wait a second, there's another guy who's tall who needs the shotgun. Wait, there's another guy who maybe, can, if he sat in the front seat, he'll talk to the driver. Maybe the driver's a Rebbe. And if that other guy sat in the front seat, it'll be a good break for him. Hey, one second, maybe if I go to the back seat and sit all the way in the back and some of the guys who move to the back who don't want to speak, sit near the Rebbe, I can impact them. Hey. Ooh, for that I created this yeshiva. I made the yeshiva for a guy who doesn't call shotgun. I want a guy to think about the next person. Say, hey, what's the need of the next guy? What's the next person's needs? To notice other people, the greatest discovery in the history of the world. I spoke to the guys that people stage in life, little kids discover body parts. The way I this I'm gonna over I'm gonna over I'm gonna make life really brief. Little kids discover their body parts, hand and mouth, foot and mouth. When you're about 14, 15, you discover your personality. 16, hey, and you start like getting in touch with emotions and feelings. About 17, 18, you discover another person. That's how I see life. I'm here. I'm always amazed that Chazal say, Shmaina Esra and Yechopa, 18, get married. It's about that age, remarkably. Oh, Chazal know a thing or two, huh? It's about that age you discover another person. It's the greatest discovery of our lives. We discover other people exist. It's crazy. 
There's the age we discover our hands. There's the age we discover our personality. It's a remarkable age. Some people spend their lives never seeing another person. They stay self-absorbed. But I see like possibilities, 17, 18, 19, to discover another person. And then you can get married and, and be there for somebody else, for a significant other, for a spouse and children. And care about you discover another person. And you discover the greatest thing in your life that you're born to assist another. There's a line of Reb Chaim Velazhin. Everybody, please, I'm going to say it, explain it, and then you're going to say it yourself. I need your mouths to say these words. A person is not created Ella only. Just to say in English, a person is only created. A person is only created to help the next person. Who says this? Everybody with me. Tzvi, you didn't say it with you didn't say it with with passion. Now you're going to say it alone. Repeat after me. <laughs> Just Tzvi. Loud and clear. Ella. A person was only created to assist another. One more time. Just Tzvi. Ella. I love you. Thank you. A person was only created to assist another. An amazing statement. We come to an age and we discover others. And we discover that we have capacity to be there to others, to give to others, to encourage. We become creators. We become larger. We, we leave capital, smallness. And we start towards a path of catalyst and discover another. Amazing discovery. And we can help another, assist another, give to another, encourage another. A person is only created to assist another person. So in the midst of Yaisi's profound gullus, gullus gullus, he sees two people and he says, why do your face look sad? And that's the moment of turning point. That's the way out of gullus. Gullus is Hester Panams. You don't see Hashem. Gullus Hashem is perfectly revealed. What takes us from Gullus to Gaula? Why does your face look sad? Just the story of Yosef Atzadik, who is the Gullus, is the Yid in Gullus, <laughs> profound Gullus. He got nervous. And what's the story of Yosef Atzadik's salvation? He says to two people, why does your face look That Pasuk is remarkable. It's the turning point Pasuk. He says to two people, let me read it. Their face looks down. And he asked, What is your face look sad? The noticing of others. And from there starts a series of gu'ula. Turning point. Because what is the path? Where is Hashem, David? Yeah. Hmm? Yep. Yes. Profound. Thank you for saying it so precisely. Don't leave that key That would not be how You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.